We are in the book of Proverbs, ready to do some work this time in chapter 25 and 26, mostly in chapter 26. In various Bible reference materials, commentaries, and outline attempts, this section of Proverbs is sometimes called the Hezekiah section, and this is based on the reference in chapter 25 and verse 1 to the copying of these, which came to pass later in the time and under the leadership of King Hezekiah. These are nuggets of wisdom from God given through Solomon and copied by various men, preserved for our use today. Those who have in their hearts the fear of the Lord and a commitment to Jesus Christ are interested in these sayings. So here's what I'm doing this time. I've selected passages from chapter 25 and 26. Some of these will bring to mind what we've studied before. Some of these we've even mentioned briefly before. Some of these hold some level of intrigue in the way they are written. So, selected sayings from Proverbs chapter 25 and 26. Just a couple from chapter 25 and then we'll study from chapter 26. Are you ready? First with Proverbs 25:27. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 27. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. We've already talked about honey, and it looks here like too much of a good thing. A note of caution, avoid excess, and then look at the rest of this. Nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. So let's avoid excess, and while we're considering avoiding things, it is not glorious to seek your own glory. Interesting turn of expression where one consumes what is sweet in excess, and then right alongside that there's a warning not to seek your own glory. The two are related as to the common thread of self-control. A long time ago I heard someone say, if you have to have a parade in your own honor, you've taken a wrong turn somewhere. Jesus over in Matthew 6 spoke very firmly against scribes and Pharisees who sounded trumpets to announce their acts of benevolence. Everywhere in Scripture, boasting, bragging, seeking your own glory is spoken against. So, watch the sugar and watch the boasting. Here's one more from chapter 25, Proverbs 25. Just a reminder again, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. This is one of those word pictures vivid in putting on display the thematic thread in this part of Proverbs, self-control. And this is a simile, we've talked about that before, where something is like something else. So the man without self-control is like a city that has been invaded, open to plunderers without good defense. That would mean for me and you, maintaining self-control is part of our defense. It is like a protective wall that guards us against the intrusion of sin and destruction. God designed us 
so we can embrace the discipline of self-control when we faithfully apply His Word to our minds. Now let's move into chapter 26. We continue with selected sayings from Proverbs chapter 26. We're not really moving from verse to verse, you can see. These are selected sayings from Proverbs 26. Here in 26, 4 and 5 is one of the most discussed of the Proverbs. And at first, it sounds contradictory. But then we dig in and we give it more thought. So here's what I'm talking about. Listen to this. In Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Well, you can hear people saying already, what? Which is it? What is this all about? Answer a fool according to his folly or not? How can it be both? Well, it can be both. Depending on the fool and the situation the fool exhibits. There are times and people where you do one, but there are times and people where you do the other. So let's think about that. When you apply wisdom to assess a situation, sometimes we discover the best response is no response. There were times when Jesus said nothing, no response. Do not answer a fool according to his folly. If you speak up or respond in the first situation, you may find yourself down on the fool's level, not a good place to be. And so that seems to capture verse 4, answer not. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. No answer is best when there is the potential of lowering yourself to the level of the fool. Now, verse 5 is a little different. Verse 5 is a little more complex. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. There are times when you must speak up. You must respond, lest the fool becomes more of a fool and thinks he is wise in his own eyes. So the two verses call for discretion, for some thought and pause before you respond to determine what the situation is, the value of your response as best as you can determine. So that's my first take on this, and consulting other translations did not just really help a whole lot, but I found this, we should answer a fool according to his folly, if not doing so will leave him wise in his own eyes. But we should not answer him according to his folly, if in doing so we will also be like him. In other words, it depends on the circumstance. Sometimes we should, and sometimes we should not answer a fool. The wise man will know the difference, and if one lacks wisdom, James 1 verse 5 says, let him ask of God. Now let's look further, this time in Proverbs 26 and verse 11, and I hope you've already had your meal. It says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. 
Now, could this actually help us with our understanding of verses 4 and 5? Maybe. There is no point in reasoning with a dog who is consuming his own vomit. Fido, can we talk about this? Fido, I want to review with you the many reasons why this is not a good menu. No point in that. Likewise, here is the simile, a fool who rushes headlong into his folly away from wisdom. He's like that dog. What can you say to the one who shows they are determined to act foolishly, to engage in wickedness, to sin against their maker, to run as far as they can away from wisdom? And they just keep doing it. We come then to Proverbs 26, 18 and 19, and I'm going to read this from two different translations. From the NIV, <clears throat> like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. The New English Bible, like a madman who shoots firebrands and deadly arrows, so is a person who has deceived his neighbor and said, was I not only joking? Now, those of you who know me are aware I have a very lively sense of humor. I think laughing has value. A lot of folks have laughed at me, and I tell funny stories. But this isn't ordinary, innocent humor. This contains an element of deception. That's the key to this. The key to this is deceives their neighbor. That's never right. You just can't do this with or without humor. Kidner's commentary says, Proverbs, with its emphasis on the duty of forethought and foresight, does not countenance escape clauses. Least of all, the plea, I meant no harm, I never thought. I like the way he puts that, the duty of foresight and forethought, like that pause that we often bring up, think before you act. Don't make a promise or pledge, then try to use some escape clause. Oh, I was only joking. Not only is that not wise, it is flat wrong. Let's do a couple more from Proverbs chapter 26. 20 and 21. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Here is an image, and attached to it an admonition, a truth. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. So this is about gossip, whispering, stirring up strife, insults, ill-advised social media posts, starting fires. We sometimes use the word inflame. Let's be people who do not add fuel to the fire. If there are facts that need to be heard or read, if there is truth to be spoken or sinners to be rebuked, let's do that with good attitudes and with a clear but kind manner. In the absence of facts or evidence, we must be people who refuse to plant rumors or play around in the minds and lives of people with rumors, suspicion, and such like. On that subject, let's just keep reading. 26, 22 through 28. 
This is all connected, I think, with what we're talking about. 22 through 28. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body, like the glaze covering an earthen vessel or fervent lips with an evil heart. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Well, is there any doubt that verses 22 to 28 further describe the fire ignited by the whisperer and all the elements of that, the emotions and dimensions and damage of it? We ought not to have an ear for or an interest in gossip. They seem like delicious morsels, but in flame and harm. Notice in verse 23, fervent lips with an evil heart. Let me ask. Have you ever heard someone tell a story and there was such passion and eloquence and such a fervent heart you were tempted to think, well, this sounds like it must be true, only to learn behind those fervent lips there was an evil heart. So this is about deception, a loose tongue, hatred that is disguised, insincere speech, what sounds like gracious speech but's fatally flawed with error. What are we back to? Self-control, a good heart, a guarded tongue, that pause and foresight and forethought that we need to apply. And all of this can be embedded in us when we read and take in God's Word, when we act as mature disciples of Christ, correcting our steps when we err, depending upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Two more points. As we read and study the Proverbs, sometimes it is decision time. Actually, it's always decision time. Either to correct bad behavior or recommit to good behavior. You may recall earlier in the initial stages of this Old Testament book, there are two voices calling out to the reader to make a choice. Wisdom is inviting us, but so is folly. So when we read these simple teachings, we are being called to make a choice, wisdom or folly. If you've made the right choice, this kind of study should cause you to recommit to that choice. If you haven't made that right choice, we hope these studies will lead you to Jesus Christ. No, we can't run back and forth between wisdom and folly. It is decision time. Jesus, this is my second final point, Jesus never made any of the mistakes or committed any of the foolishness documented in Proverbs. As we read through Proverbs, we sometimes are convicted by the truth we read about some foolish thinking or behavior and we stop and say, wow, I've done that. 
I'm guilty of that. I've got to repent of that. Jesus never sinned with his mouth, never harmed anyone with his words or actions. Never let any deceit slip from his lips. He fully lived out the wisdom that is contained in this book, and he gives grace to the humble. He is ready to pardon those who trust and obey. Thank you for listening.